It was 14 years in the making or in the waiting. But Joe, I don't know the last time I saw a sequel that I loved as much as uh, Borat. And um, I don't know a better place to start than at the beginning. So what would you say your overall takeaway from the new Borat movie is? Welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Joe. Wow. Wow, I just skipped. I'm Jacques, and I'm just too excited to talk Borat to even go through the minutia of introducing us. Uh, yeah, what was the question? I'm sorry, I was told there would be no so, questions. So, so there was 14 years between Borat and the second Borat, the subsequent movie film, which I can't remember, and I did not write down the official name of the movie that I'll let you take over in a second, but uh, it was 14 years in the waiting, and it didn't disappoint. I enjoyed Borat's subsequent movie film, which streamed on Amazon Prime. It was a great success, as somebody would state in a uh, foreign man accent. I did enjoy it quite uh, a lot. It didn't wow me as much as the original movie did, because what could? Like that was, that was a high bar to reach for a sequel. But it hit a lot of marks. I laughed out loud a couple of times. And I mean, the real star of the the movie was the co-star with me, Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat Sagdiev and uh, the newcomer Maria Bakalova as Tutar Sagdiev, his daughter, who apparently was born right after the first movie premiered because she's 15 in the movie, apparently, uh, even though in real life she's 24. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it and uh, I can't wait to talk about and spoil all the best parts of the movie and maybe even... Uh, go back and talk a little bit about the original movie. Well, why don't we do that first? Why don't okay. we go back? And so I rewatched the first one, uh, per your suggestion, and I'm so glad I did. Came out in two thousand November 2006, cost $18 million to make, and, and grossed at the box office over $160 million. So uh, I'm not a big mathematician, but I would say that's a big win for the home team. You would say it's a, a great success. You know what? Before we get into the movie... We've been doing this podcast three years now. How many episodes have not had either you or I say, nice, very nice, uh, my wife, uh, <laughs> high five. I mean, what are the other Borat things that we say almost on a daily basis in our personal lives and, uh, and together, especially together? You, 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 hit all, you played all the hits there. I mean, there's also how much... Or, <laughs> you know, there's um, my wife. Did you say my sexy wife? Sexy time. I said sexy time. Yeah. Sexy time. She is my sister. No, we don't say that too often. I think my wife. And it, you, because we talk about our wives on the podcast. And, of course, when I say my wife, you have to say my wife because you're a corny old white guy who has not stopped quoting Borat since the first movie came out. But now he's, he's relevant again. Yes, what's know? old is new again. So I, I watched the first one again, blown away, and I did some deep dives and a little little research. I knew that the piece of shit Larry Charles directed Borat. I didn't know, and I should have known this, he wasn't the first director. That if you remember the scene where he goes to a rodeo, or refresh your memory, he's wearing like an American flag, button-down, like, you know, uh, rodeo-type shirt. Yeah cowboy hat and all that and he's a guest and he's going to sing 
his country's national anthem, but to the tune of our national anthem. And this is after getting the guy who hosted to basically say on camera that we should kill homosexuals. You know, uh-huh. he, he got the guy to say some pretty awful stuff, like joking around with him. But he's like, you know, how Borat would do it. It's like, in my country, we do this. It's like, yeah, we're trying to get that done here. Oh, you want to kill all the homosexuals? Yeah, that'd be great. High five. And then Borat says, but see, he goes out and he sings the national anthem for his country. And it is... Um, it doesn't go well, <laughs> and they have to truly flee for their lives from that production. The director, uh, Todd Phillips, who has done The Hangover and Joker, and I'm trying to think what else he had done. He Hangover had done, uh, 2. This old school. Yes. I mean, you know, he's a real director, had real credits at that time, and has gone on to have a great career, said, fuck this. Like, he didn't want to die making this movie, and then that's when they brought in Larry Charles. I mean, we should also frame this as, remember, Borat was a, um, he's played by Sacha Baron Cohen, who creates all these characters in in the 90s, and maybe the early, late 90s. Or, or, early, or late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the Ali uh, G show, where he plays multiple characters. Ali uh, G was a uh, wannabe rapper kind of guy, but he hosted his own show. And uh, Borat was a segment where he's a... Um, the uh, TV reporter for you know the, the the government of Kazakhstan, and he goes around and tries to you know learn about other cultures. We do he does these these kind of hidden cameras or not even hidden cameras. They're just like interview segments with unsuspecting, awful people or you know sometimes nice people. But you know we're trying to trying to expose the underbelly of American and Western culture, um, and, and and usually with great success. So the Borat, great success. Borat, the Borat <laughs> movie was the expansion of the Borat character, and that really, you know, because it, it played in the in the U.S. on HBO, and not everybody had seen HBO the HBO show uh, before the Borat movie debuted. But once Borat hit, it was a out of the box smash, as you uh, you went over the numbers earlier. So yeah, so now. Uh, what are the key segments in the original Borat movie that you want to touch on? Well, I love the fact that it turns out they went and, and created a whole film company and had a real website and stuff like that. So every time that Borat would really offend somebody or they might be catching on that it's a gag, like one of the producers would say, oh, oh, it's a cultural misunderstanding and he doesn't understand and stuff like that. But that's how they were able to dupe a lot of people because if they went and did their research, here's a fake website with, with fake trailers and all this other stuff that you know that they had done. Seth Rogen and Pat Oswalt are uncredited writers on the movie. They contributed mm-hmm. to the movie and they did for whatever reason, you know, in 2005 they were big enough Pat Oswalt was around long enough that you'd think he would have got a credit in Seth Rogen. I mean, I know they were much younger, but they were still early 30 working actors, writers, but they probably contributed to the movie in so much as that they got paid, but they didn't want to be, you know, in order to kind of keep with the authenticity of this being a Borat production. They didn't want to say, oh, yeah, Seth Rogen wrote for this. It's like, wait, 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 what? You know, like that kind of breaks the illusion a little bit. One of the other interesting things that I wrote down is there was a scene where they stay at a bed and breakfast run by uh, old Jewish couple. It turned out that that was actually filmed in Newton, Massachusetts. And at one point, 
the producers they, they don't serve room service they don't have room service at their bread and breakfast but the producers talked the Jewish couple into bringing them some fruit which Borat insisted must be poison and she was hiding her horns and that and they ran out of the house that old Jewish couple went to see the movie loved it and thought he was a genius yeah. absolutely thought he was a genius and then yeah, sued him no no they okay. didn't a lot of people did sue him Okay. Uh, uh, for for different things, like you remember, he's hitchhiking, and three frat boys pick him up, or four frat boys, or five frat boys. But there was like three in the back of an RV. Yes. That's true. And those boys were just—they were horrible. They were upper they were middle class free trumpers. You know, right, right, just pieces of shit. And it's great because they sued for like defamation of character. It's like, oh, you mean? We showed you talking on film, <laughs> and, and that's why the, the suit was thrown out. It's like the anguish, and like a couple of them had to like you know withdraw from college because like the humiliation that they suffered at Sasha Baron Cohen's hands, and the humiliation was because he showed them talking on film. Right? You know there was a arrest warrant because he spent some time with some uh, black kids learning to be more like them and so then he went to the hotel with his pants kind of down and the underwear up and walked in he's like hey bitches i like a room for the night and, like, <laughs> and, and, and they had trouble leaving do you remember oh help me go back several months six months actually i think we used to do the podcast in person at that time remember the two people who did the workouts and they would go on local news things chop and steal Chop and steal. And these two guys were touring comedians and they had a touring show. And anytime they were in a town, they would try to get on the local news uh, with their home workout like things. And it was over the top. And they duped so many people. So he duped a local TV station in Mississippi. And was interviewed by the by the host who he did the kiss on both cheek things that the guy wasn't expecting. The interview did not go very smoothly. And then it cuts to the weather guy giving the weather. And Borat just walks over and starts introducing himself <laughs> to the guy doing the weather live in real time. Anyways, the the producer of the news got like lost her job over that. Oops. You know, eh, you don't want to see uh, that happen. But you yeah. know, just trying to think. Uh, but the, but the big thing is the whole point of Borat is he was coming to America to learn some customs to bring back because America is the greatest country and what can he learn in America and bring back to Kazakhstan and while in America is when he found out about Baywatch and Pamela Anderson in California and so he goes on this mission to marry Pamela Anderson and towards the end of the movie he shows up where she's doing a book signing and he kidnaps her he goes to present her with a handmade authentic Kazakhstanian quilt that he then throws over her head and runs out of the book signing. Now, they had to shoot it a couple times, and Sasha Baracone was furious that Pamela Anderson's fans just let him do it. Like, like he was so he was he was so ready for people to stop him from picking up this woman who he just threw a bag over essentially and was running out. They didn't know he was. He waited in line 
at this book signing for a few hours like her other fans did. She had a book signing event. And she, of course, was in on the gag. Pamela Anderson claims that that was the catalyst, by the way, for her divorce with Kit Rock. That he was so outraged that she would do that movie and be associated with something like that. That that's why they got divorced, because of that movie. But yeah, but but so and they reshot that. She actually she he actually dropped her at one point, and she like you know had a, had like like lost like a, you know chipped a bone or something like that. But they did. They shot the kidnapping scene twice. The whole movie only had a couple actors in it. It was Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, his producer, and and you'll remember his producer is like three hundred and fifty pounds. Harry Armenian guy that they get into a naked fight at one point his producers sitting on top of him and he and it was scripted but Sasha Baron Cohen had worked out with you know Larry Charles it's like if I tap on the bed like three times get him off me and Larry Charles made him keep rolling Ooh. like to get authenticity Sasha Baron Cohen said it was the hardest thing at the time now granted we'll get into Borat too in a moment but he said it was disgusting and it was the hardest thing he had to do as an actor up until that point. But yeah, all those people, there was only a couple actors in the entire movie. It was just him, the producer, and I forget like the Ken, one other person. Well, Ken Davidian is the guy who you're talking about, the Armenian producer, who, by the way, you may have uh, seen lately in a little show called Cobra Kai. He was the right. Armenian landlord. He, he auditioned for the role as a off-the-boat, off-the-plane immigrant who didn't speak English. Wow. And Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen and Larry Charles did not know that. Yeah, because he, he, he spoke Armenian and he was true to the whole thing. And yeah, he, he really sold it. Like, And he would go you know, on the press tours with, uh, I remember he went on the Howard Stern show and then he, you know, Ken Davidian would be in the, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the green room and he'd come in and nobody would know who he was because he looks like the character he's playing, you know? And, yep. Yeah, it was a it, it wear was a the one. schlubby suit and all that. Yeah, looks like he slept in it. So the movie was a whopping success. Tons of money at the box office. A cultural subcultural phenomenon. Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius. He reached just the heights of the heights. Won all kinds of awards. Fourteen years later, he reprises this role. And I don't know how much spoiling we want to do. But let's talk a little bit about um, the overarching thing. Again, only a couple actors. And it was funny because Joe wasn't sure and I wasn't sure. And I ended up looking up, and I think Joe did too, who was actually an actor and who wasn't an actor. And it's unbelievable what Sasha Barrett Cohen will do to stay in character and not break. You know, you know, getting back to the first one, he's riding on a subway in New York trying to kiss men. In a pleasant greeting, handshake way, but his culture, but trying to get, you know, Brooklyn's best and brightest on a subway train as his chicken is running, a rooster is running around the subway while never breaking. He had one part in this movie where he lived with people for five days and never broke, like was afraid to break character. But I, I don't want to go too far. So, so. You saw this first. You were the one who told me to watch it. So why don't you drive the uh, ship? So Borat's subsequent movie film went through a couple of subtitle changes. And actually, you kind of see the subtitle changes in the movie itself. But they finally settled on uh, Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. It starred this daughter of Borat, 
played by Maria Bakalova, who apparently she, you know, answered a casting call of thousands trying to find the this sort of unknown actress that could pull out this type of uh, thing. And boy, did she ever. She's supposed to be 15. She stows herself away in a shipment of uh, of the actual bribe that was supposed to be delivered to the government of the United States as um, as a gift from Kazakhstan. So she smuggled her way into the United States, and of course, Borat, being the mensch that he is, lets her you know sleep outside the uh, <laughs> outside the trailer that he's driving across country. It's like a horse trailer, right? <laughs> she gets yeah. her in a horse trailer. Um, like an old one, not even a brand new nice horse trailer. No, yeah, so she's sleeping in the horse trailer. But, you know, he's trying to be a good dad. You know, he's he's giving her basically the handbook, if you will, of how to be a good Kazakh woman. And literally a handbook that was commissioned and provided by the Kazakhstan. GOP? Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> The Heritage Foundation, right? That no, that's coming in 2021. Um, but the the handbook that was given to parents to, you know, on how to raise a proper Kazakh woman or Kazakhstani woman. There are all these just weird notions about how a woman should be treated, and of course they're awful, and we won't go into all the details. But they reference this book quite a bit, and I think really the the, the cornerstone of this movie is when Borat has to have his daughter stay with a babysitter while he goes across the country or goes to Washington, D.C. or something like that. So they hire a a babysitter, and it's a real woman. It's not an actress to watch the daughter. You know, ball and chain and all. (laughs) Literally a ball and chain. Yeah. But uh, you you see some intimate moments between uh, the babysitter, who's like, you know, an older black woman, kind of a grandmotherly type of woman, you know, I think it was filmed in like what what Mississippi or something like that. I think they filmed in a couple of like southern states. This was pre-COVID and like right at they actually filmed like right before COVID and then right after COVID. So there's a part where she answers the door and she's not in a mask, and then later she answers the door and she's in a mask. And so we so this sort of puts a timestamp on uh, if it hasn't already, you know, the political situation. You know, at least it captures the COVID situation a little bit. So the, the the real star of the movie is this daughter, Tutor. She's trying to become a proper woman. They take her to a real YouTube influencer. They actually sponsor a debutante ball. There was another Holocaust survivor who uh, they dedicated the movie to. So she seemed to get the joke, but I guess her family post-mortem didn't. So there's some more lawsuits. And again... There was a situation where Sasha Barracone's awesomeness truly put him in a position where he had to flee for his life. Right. He goes to a Trump rally or, or a Make America Great Again rally or some not even a Trump rally. No, it's, it's a it's it's it, remember when they had those. It was like a Charlottesville thing. It was a a march for our rights. To, yes. The rights to the rights. To carry guns and be racist. Right. It, it, was. it was a march for our rights, and they discovered this. It's framed in the movie at the same time that uh, Borat is shacking up with two Americans who are like these almost basically like kind of QAnon type guys, maybe. And so he sees his daughter because she is using her influencer skills to become a reporter. And um, he decides that he wants to go there, but not 
as Borat. He goes, he goes as a little undercover because he, you know, he wants to infiltrate this rally, if you will. And it's a concert. You know, there's like a stage. They're playing music, and they go up on stage, and he's dressed as like this kind of hillbilly type of guy in uh, overalls and a long beard. Of course, he mistakenly gets called up on stage because they think he's the act. And he goes up and sings a song that's not unlike, by the way, Throw the Jew Down the Well. You know, remember <laughs> Throw the Jew Down the Well? I do. So my people can be free. It's one of those, you know, call and response type songs where he gets people to sing back awful things that they probably shouldn't be singing joyfully. And this one was in particular about um, how Dr. Fauci is spreading lies. Do you remember what the lyrics- What should we do with the journalist? Chop him up like the Saudis do. Right. Yep, yep, yep. That was one of the, the lyrics. That was one of the choruses. So the deleted scene that they don't show is there's a part where the crowd starts to turn, and they, I think they realize that what's going on, so they decide to go after Sasha Baron Cohen. And so he books it, and they, he goes to a trailer, He's out of character, like he's talking to his producer on the on the on the film. You know, he's looking over, he's lying down so that he can't be seen in the window. And he goes to his producer and he goes, "Is it locked? Is it, is the door locked?" They're like, "Yeah, the door's locked." Cut to the door's not locked, and the door's being opened by an angry mob. And so he has to lunge over to the doorknob, and he just gets it in time to pull it back and lock the door. And he's wearing a bulletproof vest under that entire getup because he uh, was uh, feared for his life. And so when you saw that clip, you texted me a phrase as to in regards to what you would have done in that situation. Yeah, it's 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 an old thing. I remember hearing this on sports radio when there was Laker riots when when you lived there and there was a Laker riot after a championship and they were overturning police cars and overturned an ambulance and one guy's like, dude. I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and seriously, uh, in a situation like that, it's like, now I know the right happens to be doing this whole drive through crowds of peaceful protesters. Those protesters or guys coming after him, it was one of those open carry rallies. Guys truly with their automatic or semi-automatic like rifles. Those were the people who were coming after him. And there's a reason he had a bulletproof vest on through a lot of the shooting of that. Yeah, we won't talk too much about it, but just keep in mind that the people he stayed with were real, that fleeing that rally was real. And Mike Pence was real. That the shit that went down at CPAC was real. It's on Amazon Prime. If you don't have it, oh, you know what? We we can't. We're almost done. Rudy. Ah, yes. Rudy Giuliani makes a special guest appearance. So Tutor finally lands a gig as a, a real, honest-to-goodness reporter. You know, she has a crew, and she lands an interview with the former mayor, America's mayor of New York City, uh, Rudy Giuliani, who is special counsel to the president of the United States, in case you forgot. So he is uh, alone with Tutor. I mean, except for the cameraman, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, she's... Uh, interviewing him of course she's nervous but you know they're having drinks you know to settle each other's nerves and um you know he's telling her that she'll be fine and she's doing great they they show about a minute or two of the interview but then all of a sudden you see we won't get too far into what how things transpire but let's just say that um 
Rudy Giuliani, it's been reported in the news, he ends up in a compromising position uh, that's not flattering to anyone, let alone a uh, revered politician or former politician such as him. Yeah, they, he, gets, he lets himself get into a very compromising position, specifically lying down on his back with his hands down his pants. If that's how you tuck in your shirt, too, so don't give me that hey, shit. <laughs> that was a long shirt. That was a long-ass shirt. You know, of course, she started untucking it, but eh, we won't get into that. Yeah, so Rudy Giuliani makes a guest appearance in this movie, and it's, um, it pays off. Maybe it doesn't pay off as well as I hoped it would have, but I think it, I think it served its purpose. And um, it adds some credibility. Credibility is what, this, what, it, what it adds to this movie, I think. I mean, it, that, it, that, that, that was a real get, Giuliani. It really, uh, dude, that's... And, and, oh, I'm trying to think who it was. I think it was John Oliver, our beloved John Oliver, who his review of the movie and, and specifically Rudy Giuliani, if you got duped by Borat 14 years later, fuck you. That's on you. Yeah. Like, that's on you. You know, it's funny because the debutante thing, I think I told you, the Borat people went to the people who host these debutante things and say, will you put on this debutante ball? We'll pay everybody hundred bucks who shows up but the people who were attending had to take a pop culture quiz and if they knew who you know just one of the questions if they ended up knowing who Sasha Baron Cohen was or Borat they couldn't come ah wow like they only invited people who didn't but seriously dude it's like really Giuliani didn't know you know or, or isn't savvy enough to figure out but either way I mean he's always going over to the Ukraine and stuff he's probably gifted women who look like her on a regular basis if you know what i mean and if you don't i'm talking prostitutes <laughs> you know that debutante ball is a great moment because we were able to see an example of the musical culture of kazakhstan they're fantastic dancers yeah, they're, they're splendid dancers and he actually is an amazing dancer like he when he dances all the time he these pretty limber oh yeah yeah no he cuts a rug that uh, that uh, sasha baron cohen that that was a moment that will always live in my mind uh, <laughs> dude it's listen if you don't have Amazon prime um look jeff Bezos needs your eight bucks a month so you know what i mean just 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 you know like, like, like the babysitter in this movie get a gofundme thing uh but it's worth it it's it's absolutely great uh it doesn't hurt to Go back and watch a classic, you know, afterwards, but without a doubt, it is well worth the 90 minutes of your life. It's jaw-dropping that he is able to do people on this level. Like, that debutante ball, there's not one or two people. There's a hundred people in that room, all of them buying it hook, line, and sinker. One other thing, just a, a follow-up on that woman who played the babysitter. She was interviewed. And, um, you know, she did, she did a very nice interview, and she seemed like a very nice woman. She said that uh, she didn't see the movie yet, but she was, she was happy to know that it, it wasn't a real woman or a real girl that she was babysitting because her father came off as kind of a bad person. And so she was genuinely worried for this young woman's life. But then um, one thing she did say in the interview is, like, I, I just wish I was maybe paid a little more considering that I, I, I'm actually in a real movie not just like a little documentary but she didn't say it like in a like hey sasha baron cohen mr Moneybags, bags well, you know how about how about a few shekels coming my way 
Um, a couple things have happened since that interview. There's been a, a GoFundMe campaign started. Yeah. And I've, so far, as of this recording, she they've raised over $100,000 for this woman because she's unemployed. She's recently unemployed. She's been working for you know decades, but because of COVID, she lost her job. So they um, that was revealed, I think, in the interview. So she uh, she has some money coming her way, hopefully, thanks to the kindness of strangers. Because she was so kind to strangers, it's kind of a it's a wonderful life moment, you know. I busted the jukebox, <laughs> you know, like a, where the, the money's coming from all Mr. around. Mr. Martini. <laughs> and also, Sasha Baron Cohen donated a hundred thousand dollars to her church. Oh, uh, so that you know, that was a, a nice. A nice little thing. And I think her name is Jeanette Jones. I want to look it up real quick. Well, Joe, what you know, looks that up. I will say again, emphatically, four thumbs up collectively from the two of us. Um, he is a godsend. He is doing the Lord's work as far as I'm concerned. And I just hope we don't have to wait 14 years for another one. Yeah, Janice Jones. Janice Jones. Very nice woman. And a very nice uh, movie. It is um, worth a watch, and I say, go out and um, and 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 watch it. And uh, I'm done talking. No, no, I'm done talking. No, you can talk now. I'm done. I can talk. Well, no, that's it. Um, can you can you rem- can you do you know off the top of your head the official name of the movie? I said it at the beginning of the movie. No, the- no, the the not the official name, but what was going to be the official name? Oh, it was like. Uh, <laughs> Well, it changed a bunch of times, but it was uh, Borat's subsequent movie film um, to make gift of pornographic monkey to Premier Pence for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. And uh, the pornographic monkey plays in um, you'll, you'll a prominent see. role. You'll a see. Prominent you'll, role. You'll, you'll see. Thank you so much for indulging us. Um, I hope that. Uh that the election went well on Tuesday and otherwise this could be our last podcast ever. And, and not because of any other reason than uh, Joe and I have uh, decided to run off to, um, can you get, can we run off to Canada? Do the, you know, can we, I'd run off to Kazakhstan. I, you know what? I would too, which is, was actually Romania. That yeah. the, of, all, of all the lawsuits, a lot of people in, in Romania not happy with how they were portrayed because they kind of felt duped. But it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a shame. Them, I can, them I can see get, yeah. get, 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 getting duped. Rudy, not so much. Joe, thank you for indulging me. Thank you for the heads up on this. And uh, I, I would say to everybody, um, enjoy Borat and have a fantastic Sonny. <laughs> Jean-Cui. So the Jew-